0: From Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada, you are listening to Global Frequencies, Diverse Province, Diverse Voices. This program is presented by the Association for New Canadians and CHMR 93.5 FM with funding from the Community Radio Fund of Canada. This program is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more.
1: Welcome to another episode here at Global Frequencies. This is episode 14 and the reason why I sound a little bit chirpier than usual is because I'm actually back into the Global Frequency studio after a very long hiatus. And the first person that I saw as soon as I stepped in was you know him, Zai Nova and he's sitting right across from me right now.
0: Navila, I'm very happy to be here with you again.
1: I I actually took the easy way out for some time uh, where I was doing it almost exclusively from home. But I think it's time to come back. But sometimes.
0: It's really good. And uh, we can bring the atmosphere of a radio show and a podcast back in the studio again.
1: So before we get started, tell me what's up for our first segment today.
0: We have three exciting uh, segments for episode 14. We start with special feature with Barb Walsh and Amal Cheblak, coordinator of health uh, services at the ANC. And also we have uh, music of Zimbabwe and also immigrant story. It's Naomi Niukuli. This is very interesting stories.
1: So for the first one, uh, with Barb, who is the manager of RAP and Settlement Services, um, they're going to be talking about the kinds of services that are provided to newly arrived government-assisted refugees. They will also be focusing a little bit on the kinds of services that the ANC, in collaboration with others, provide, such as the Refugee Health Clinic, the Gateway Programme, interpretation uh, services and uh, the role of the settlement counselor in this journey. So why don't we take it away and dive right into this conversation, Barb Walsh and Amal Shevlock.
2: Thank you, Nabila. Thank you everyone for another session of Barb's Settlement Corner. Today we have Amal Black with us, the coordinator of health services for the ANC. Hi Amal, welcome.
3: Hi, welcome Barb, how are you? I'm great, hope you're doing well today.
2: I'm good as well, thank you so much. So Amal, tell me, what sort of health orientation do you provide to our newly arrived GAR clients?
3: So uh, Barb, uh, our healthcare system may be different than the system that the new arrivals are used to. So once we receive a notification for new arrivals as a medical department, we obtain a health consent that uh, to have a permission to discuss the medical details uh, related to a new arrival and their family. That includes the uh, medical procedure operations. And uh, medical consultations, appointments reliefs, and the gateway program, uh, vision appointments, dental appointments, public health appointments, so family physician, pharmacists, so all of that. And uh, actually, we have a partnership with the Refugee Health Clinic. The Refugee Health Clinic. Um, What is that all about? Uh, So the Refugee Health Clinic, they are a group of health care providers so uh, that uh, we come uh, just a partnership together uh, to um, give a primary care or primary health care for the uh, new arrivals till just their settlement period of the first two years till they just find their family physician.
2: Okay, that's very interesting. And that's very, very good for our newcomers, especially the GAR clients that we do work with here at ANC. So tell me, how is this all covered? Is there some kind of health plan?
3: Uh, yeah, we uh, when they arrive, actually, Barb, uh, they give them the IFH instead of the interim federal Health. So during the first year in Canada, they will have the additional health services that
2: are not covered by the provincial government. So the IFH is within the first year only. Exactly. Right. And then after that, I guess they transition and have... Um, the provincial covered. LPDP Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. So this covers uh, the services. Now, I heard you also mentioned something about the Gateway, Gateway Project. What is that? I don't exactly. Know? So um,
3: the ANC has a partnership with the Memorial University Medical School. And it's called the Gateway Programme. So so what is that exactly, Barb? The Gateway will match the newcomers with a doctor and will send the medical history to their offices. with Sure, with their permissions, Gateway will ask the newcomers if they it's okay to share their private un- information and it will be
2: confidential
3: to just um, help improve the health care for newcomers to
2: Canada. Wonderful. That is great. So I know that most of the uh, GAR clients that come in, the government-assisted refugees, they don't speak English and it's English is not their first language now is interpretation provided you are right about 90% of the
3: newcomers they are not English speakers so we are provide uh, interpretation services. So, actually, Barb, we have 23 languages. Woo! Yeah. So, uh, once we receive a medical referral or they have an appointment, vision appointment, dentist appointment, any kind of appointment at the Health Science, at Eastern Health, St. Clair's, anywhere that we provide interpreter to them.
2: That is very good because, yeah. you know, I was just thinking to myself um, that, you know, when they come in and, and the English is not their first language, you know, how do they get around to to uh, maneuvering these services now um, are they given any assistance by the settlement counselors
3: yeah sure Barb sure so just when uh, we are dealing together as a medical department with the uh, settlement counselor uh, actually in a good way a wonderful way (laughs) so (laughs) so just uh, when um, first of all when they have arrived to Canada just I informed the medical the settlement counselor about the medical appointments Mm -hmm. and they just uh, help them with the transportation as well, uh, just uh, help them to uh, do pass orientation. So we just support the newcomers with Everything.
2: Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So let me ask you, you know, over this past year we've been introduced to this pandemic COVID mm-hmm. and COVID has changed the face of everything that we do and how we do it. And, and not just here in NL or Canada, globally actually. Exactly. So tell me how has COVID changed the way that services are provided on a on a health uh, on a health level there?
3: So actually, Barb, um, we are here in Newfoundland. We are um, we have a good education about how to protect ourselves from COVID. So thanks God that uh, we are in there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'm yeah. grateful every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, when uh, that just they arrive to uh, Newfoundland, all the newcomers they have to isolate for fourteen days. Our settlement counselor just they are a wonderful support. For in this stage they just um, uh, during the isolation for the 14 days we are uh, offering the food everything just in front of the door and uh, uh, during this just uh, we are arranging for the medical appointment we just uh, contact with the refugee health clinic regarding uh, when they finish the isolation just we start so the difference between before and now just most not most, uh, some of the appointments just turn to virtual appointment, not in Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. So this is the only things and the limitation of the number of the client that they have to be in the clinic.
2: And you know, over the past year, uh, I think again, globally, we've all learned uh, the importance of being able to work virtually and, and have things done virtually. So a lot of the appointments too, during COVID, especially during the higher alert levels, were done virtually. Exactly, exactly. And
3: the number of the uh, you know the number of the um, patient it's it, it has to be limited inside the clinic so this is the
2: only, uh but people are still being seen, like they're, they're still having exactly, their appointments, yes. they're still able to get yes. blood work and all the other tests yes. that they need done. Yes. Well, that that is actually excellent because, you know, I know that uh, we all have to learn to work around COVID. Um, and, uh, and I know that dealing with government-assisted refugees coming in and dealing mm-hmm. with their healthcare issues that, you know, there have to be things in place for that. Actually, but we have to deal with it. It's a lifestyle now. Yes. So we
3: have to just...
2: Yeah, yeah. deal the, with
3: it as it is. <laughs> yes, and
2: and as they call it, what is it? The new normal now. Exactly. So this is this is our new way of living, thinking. Um, right. Until we're, we're until the world actually changes again, um, you know. So what do you what would you say are are a lot of the common things that uh, that clients go through? Is it just your regular, uh, you know, like medical check when they initially come, like just a, a physical, so to speak? Actually,
3: Barb, it's uh, it's not just physical, speak. So just we are uh, doing a home visits for the new arrivals mm-hmm. as well. So I went to their homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Barb, maybe I mentioned to, to to you before that we have a consent.
2: Yes. So, yes,
3: yeah. So uh, when I uh, do the home visit, just I listen to their complaints, uh, what the medical uh, issues that they're suffering before before they come to Canada and we try to do our best to just refill them for the um, a good place that it has to be refilled to.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. So so that um so that there are clients that have situations that you have to make referrals exactly. to in order to be able exactly. to assist them. And I know that, you know, um, coming from mostly war-torn countries and so forth, that people arrive here with different different uh, medical and health issues. Exactly. So it's actually wonderful that the Association for New Canadians, exactly. you know, has that department to, to help them out.
3: Exactly. And we listen to them, supporting them a lot. Most of them, they came from wars and difficult situations. So we are human so mm-hmm. we have to support this part first.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, are you aware of any like emergency sort of healthcare issues before they arrive to uh, Canada? Yeah, we some of them they sent um,
3: they uh, through the United Nations. Mm-hmm. They have the medical reports with them. Yes. So they just send it to us on their files, so I can just saw the uh, history of their
2: and so you so, can better prepare exactly, for their appointments exactly, and, and the services exactly, that they may need exactly and
3: just let the refugee health clinic uh, know about what's going on with this patient yeah. or what uh, has to be seen within during the first six week, for example, or during the first four weeks. So to prepare ourselves, that refill him so fast.
2: Oh, that's excellent. I mean, yeah. like, you know, it's it's really comforting to know that the Association for New Canadians uh, has all these preparations in advance, especially when it comes yeah. to health. And I can I can imagine all the different uh, issues and and concerns that clients come with, and we're here to fully fully support them in every uh, way we can uh, to make exactly. their settlement here a lot easier. Exactly. Um, you know, Amal, I just want I want to say thank you very much because if it wasn't for people like you um, assisting and caring as much as you do, and I know this of course because I work <laughs> alongside you, so <laughs> I know personally, you know, a lot of the things that you do for our clients that go up and be- above and beyond uh, your actual work that you have to do and that is so appreciated and I want to take this time to appreciate you for all the work that you've done um, in helping our government assistance refugees uh, settle here more easily and helping with facilitate all their medical needs that they, that they have when they come.
3: Thank you so much, Barb. Thank you so much. I'm speechless, speechless now. <laughs> 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 uh, so, you're, actually it's my pleasure to help it's my yeah. pleasure to support the newcomers and my pleasure to just work with the uh, Association of New Canadians
2: Amal well, um, ditto thank you so much thank um, you. yeah, yeah uh, thank you everybody that was Amal uh, Black, the coordinator of our health department here at the ANC supporting our government assistant refugees with uh, with not only um, health but uh, dental uh, vision um, whatever it is that they need uh in order for them to have a more fulfilled and satisfied life here in Canada. Um, so for now, this week, everybody, that's it for Barb Settlement Corner. So until next time, take care and stay safe.
1: So when I was uh, conducting this um, interesting interview with um, Simba Rashe, who is an undergraduate engineering student at MUN, Uh, we were, of course, discussing the music of Zimbabwe, and um, we came across a very beautiful track. And Zai, I think you know the name of it.
0: Yeah, uh, I think. I like Oliver Mutukuti. Yeah, that's beautiful.
1: And the name of the song is? Miria. Let's get a teaser of the song right now. Miria.
4: Volunteering, it can begin with the simplest of gestures, a gift of time, energy, commitment. Something precious that grows stronger with every hand that touches it and grows across communities and through the very fabric of our nation and begins once again with the simplest of gestures. To Canada's six and a half million volunteers, thanks. A message from Volunteer Canada, the government of Canada, and this station. You are listening to Global Frequencies, diverse problems, diverse voices.
1: Welcome back to Global Frequencies, where we will now be exploring a conversation that I had with um, Simba Rashe, an undergraduate engineering student at MUN, and we discussed about the music and culture of Zimbabwe. And in this conversation, Simba shared three interesting tracks with me. The first is called The Reason Why by Baba Harare. The second, Mang Da Kiwe by DJ Opsa. And of course, "Niria" by Oliver Mutukutsi. So today on Global Frequencies, I am in conversation with Simba Rashe from Zimbabwe who is an undergraduate student in engineering. He's in his second year, and he's here enthusiastically waiting to tell me a lot about not just the music of Zimbabwe, but hopefully also about its culture. So welcome to the show, Simba.
4: Hi, Nabila. Really, really glad to be here. Happy to be here. And yeah, let's let's get into this.
1: Let's get into this. So Simba, (laughs) tell me uh, about yourself. What can we know about you?
4: All right. So I'm Simba from Zimbabwe, a country in the southern part of Africa. Zimbabwe, in my humble opinion, and I'm not saying this just because I'm Zimbabwean, but is the best place on the world. <laughs> um, it's, it's a really beautiful place. Uh, we've got lots of wildlife, lots of nature, and obviously lots of good music, right? We have South Africa to our south. We have Botswana uh, to the west. We have Mozambique to the east and the a border with Zambia as well up north. Uh, if you If you know your geography, then I think you'd be able to place where Zimbabwe is. Uh, I think the big standout uh, is Victoria Falls, one of the seven wonders of the world. It's, it's a gigantic waterfall, and it's beautiful. Actually, most of the times, if you go in, when on a good rain season, right, and the waterfall's pretty full, you will see um, a rainbow almost all the time, well, as long as these light, because, you know, those small droplets uh, dropping at the bottom are sort of being reflected back up. And there's always constantly a rainbow. There's, there's the really nice sights. After Victoria Falls, I would say we have lots of game parks. The biggest one being Wange uh, National National Park. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we should have the big five in there. Um, and and really big on, on safaris, you know. Um, actually just going on an open open track, sitting at the back, and just driving in the park and being close to animals, you know, respecting uh, what they do, seeing what they do, um, and 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 all of that, getting close to lions, leopards, elephants, giraffes. It's a it's a really beautiful thing. Sometimes you even go camping, you know. And yeah, that's a that's a favorite Zimbabwean uh, activity, actually.
1: Tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and your life growing up in Harare.
4: All right, so I was born in Harare, and that's where I grew up. In Harare, I went to a high school. Uh, called St. George's College. It's actually the fifth best high school in in Africa. So so it's a pretty nice place. I played rugby, swimming, uh, soccer. That's really big in Zimbabwe. Cricket, lots of sports. Uh, Basketball, actually.
1: For someone who has not been to Zimbabwe or would like to know more about Zimbabwe through its music, briefly uh, introduce us to that world. What can we know?
4: All right, uh, so so Zimbabwe music is actually so diverse, right? Uh, there are lots of genres, but um, then the teapot country. Um, so um, off the top of my head, uh, a popular genre is something called uh, sungura, uh, sungura music. Uh, then there's GT music as well. Um, we also have some some nice uh hip-hop artists also coming through uh it's pretty popular there uh we have something called chimurenga music uh we we are oh we have zim dancer as well that's a pretty popular one and yeah i think and a personal favorite of mine would be um, tuku music so it's it's it's, it's a genre-based of the legend himself, Oliver things. So
1: then maybe we can dive right into the three tracks that you have shared um, as for you know for this conversation today. So let's start with the first one. It is called The Reason Why by a musician named Baba Harare. So tell me more about why you chose this track.
4: All right, uh, so <laughs> it's a funny story actually. So um, uh, Baba Arari is he's a he's a Zimbabwean artist who mainly sings like GT and uh, Sungura, right? Um, and I chose this track because when it was released in 2018, I think it just exploded on the scene, right? And it was brilliant, honestly speaking, it was. Um, and and the reason why it was, or now I'm saying the reason why, <laughs> but, but, but it was so uh, great because it kind of appealed more to people who lived in the cities, right? Who wouldn't typically actually listen to this type of music most of the time, right? So like um, that type of music is more popular I say in the smaller areas of Zimbabwe, you know, like your rural areas, your growth points, your townships, right? And most people in Harare would probably listen to like, again, this is probably very biased, but like probably uh, more truco music, more um, hip hop, actually, uh, more house music, uh, more Zim dance, all right. So then, when 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 this song came on the scene, right, and people in Harare were really into it just playing on the radio all the time in shops anywhere you went it was playing and that personally for me kind of gave me more of an interest in that type of music you know it's not something i'd actually uh, ever listened to growing up uh and from there i was like oh wow this is actually not so bad you know and that's when i started listening to to other artists of similar genres and appreciating this music more uh, funny, there's like an inside joke uh, with us with Zimbabweans with this type of music because like the proper, proper, more hardcore songs uh, of this type of genre can actually last for as long as 14 minutes. You know, one song is 14 minutes long. Uh, yeah, that's a typical song uh, with other artists like um, like Macheso, like Limbo, um who sing a similar type of music a typical song, is nine to 14 minutes. So it's just an inside joke that sometimes if you're going like to, to the raw areas on a road trip with your folks, um, it's a 60 kilometer trip. It's just going to be three songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause, cause the songs are that long and, and it was always the worst thing ever when you're young and your dad was playing three songs that sounded almost the same for the duration of like two hours, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, um, that's so so yeah, this song is a lot shorter than than usual uh, song for this genre. But it was for me, it was sort of my entry level, my entrance rather into into listening to to this type of music. And and yeah, that's that's why I'll I'll kinda always remember it. Plus it's a comical song, you know, it's really funny. Um it just it just speaks to people, makes people laugh, makes people stand up, have a good time and dance, you know.
1: So just to uh, just for clarification. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about uh, these two music genres that you spoke of. GT and Sungura.
4: Yes, yes, yes. GT and Sungura. Okay, so GT and Sungura, they are pretty close. You know, Uh, they're like, they're siblings, really. But then uh, they have slight differences in, uh, in, like, the instruments that are used, right? So GT sticks more regularly or it sticks to more traditional music right so like traditional instruments in zimbabwe are a drum right we call it ngoma it's a it's just a, a regular drum uh, made of animal skins and and a wooden tube uh, we have something called ambira right it's um it's like a it's like a handheld xylophone of sorts right uh, we have shakers shakers are pretty big in zimbabwe and yeah that's pretty much it so like what GT does is that it really incorporates mainly those instruments that are more traditional and more local to Zimbabwe and obviously a bit of the guitar and all of that to just mix it all together into one big pot, right? Whereas Tsungura now as it's it doesn't have to strictly follow those those rules of those three instruments. You know, Sungura is a lot more free. It's um I could liken it almost just almost to um to rock music but but not really, you know. Um that one focuses mainly on the guitar, right? And the riffs and the and the scales and all of that. And it's it's a much more upbeat uh, type of music but like it's it's you could you could barely tell the difference honestly between gt and sungura uh because like i think the sungura legend is is definitely this this guy called alec uh, So he he actually yeah, they, he he sang one of my favorite songs. It's just that it was just too long. You know, it's a good nine minutes. But but I really, I really like that song. It's called Wekirire uh, Tambabora. But it's, it's like, so Sungura and G.T., uh, Baba Harare focuses more on G.T., uh, which is, in all honesty, I'd say Sungura is a form of G.T. Yeah, that's the best way to put it, yeah.
1: All right, so why don't we listen to this track, Baba Harare, The Reason Why. Second song that you shared, which I surprisingly really enjoyed because, you know, I usually gravitate towards traditional, almost folk-ish kind of music, but this one is kind of far from that. And this is by DJ Obza, and the name of the song or the track is Mang Da Kiwe.
4: Yeah, yeah, uh, really good pronunciation there. So, tell
1: me more about this one.
4: All right, so with this one, DJ Obza is actually not Zimbabwean, right? But like, so, but he's he's one of the best artists in that particular genre uh, uh, of house music, of dance music, right? And that genre has actually sort of gravitated into Zimbabwe as well. Uh, I know recently an artist, her name is Shasha. Uh, she actually won an award for, for her contribution towards, you know, that type of music, which, uh, would, which originated from South Africa, but is now sort of taking Zimbabwe by storm, you know. And we have a lot more of our DJs now specializing in that type of music. Uh, so basically what it is, is like an African version of electronic dance music right? So um, it's really a beat. and that one it focuses a lot more. You see it's really interesting. I find it interesting because it kind of makes traditional instruments. It kind of takes traditional sounds of traditional instruments and really you know puts modern things like bass on them and like that treble boost and, and all those sort of modern, not modern but like maybe Western uh, sounds. Uh, and it combines them with these with these uh, African instruments to produce a song, you know. So, like, I think it's it's a it's a masterclass of its own, really, because it, it probably takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication to sort of make sure that that everything sounds right. So, with with South African house music, or yeah, just house music, really, it's really taken Zimbabwe by storm, especially for for us uh, younger people. We're re-listening to this. Most of the famous radio stations back home play this almost all the time, right? Because they know that we as the audience are, are bound to like it. And and yeah, there are a couple of Zimbabwean DJs as well. DJ Smith, DJ Shasha and all of them who also now sing this this genre of music.
1: So what does the title mean?
4: Mang, mang Da Kiwi. I'm not actually sure, but most of the titles definitely have something to do with, with like having fun with your friends, right? Oh, and there's some good love songs as well, you know. But those are mainly the angles which these songs take, you know.
1: And what language are they sung in?
4: They're sometimes sung in a language called Kosa. sometimes in Zulu. And obviously, the the ones in Zimbabwe would be sang with a bit of Shona in there. Yeah.
1: Shona is in in which language?
4: If I'm not mistaken, it should be in Kosa.
1: Um, so, the third track that you have shared, which I enjoyed so, so much, and I think you're going to really enjoy sharing more about, is by a very world renowned uh, musician who has passed. His name was Oliver Mutukudzi, also known as Tuku called Neria. Tell me
4: more about this one as well. So I have have a lot to say about this one. So (laughs) this song, right, Neria, Tuku composed the song for a movie, right? And the movie is called Neria. And Neria is the name of the main character of this movie, right? And basically this movie, it's also available in English uh, on YouTube actually, so it's not that difficult to find. Um, It's basically a, a movie about this woman. And early on in the movie, tragedy strikes and her husband dies. And then from then on, the movie short the, the movie sort of shows the struggles that Neria, this lady, faced in with her husband's estate, you know, because he was a pretty well-to-do man or in every in most sense of the word. They lived in Arare and all of that. Whereas most of his family lived in the rural areas. So right from the, I hope I'm not spoiling it, but uh, basically uh, from the onset, like her husband's relatives all want what her husband left behind for her. And it's a pretty sad movie in that respect. So basically when this song, what th- the meaning of this song is in relation to this whole situation with the movie about how most times in society, especially in Zimbabwean society, um, whenever uh, like women kind of, have a hard time when their husbands pass on or when their spouses pass on because like everyone's now, you know, sort of trying to come for for various things that the husband owned or that they own together. And it's the same thing for me as well sometimes. Uh, so, and that song really spoke to what Tuku's music is all about, right? It's all about dealing with social injustices and topics people don't actually want to talk about, you know, and like the lyrics of the song, He's basically just saying, Don't be disheartened, Neria. Um, keep faith, keep strong. Everything will work itself out in it this very coarse and, and just divine voice, really, you know. Um, and that song is a hit in Zimbabwe. Like I think that's that's where Zimbabwe music starts, to be honest, you know. Um and and he has so many other songs, you know, along similar lines, you know. Um, another another song I can think about just off the top of my head he's basically talking about you know domestic violence and gender-based violence and basically how you know it's not right for a man or a woman to come and you know abuse their spouse in whatever ways you know and he sings about this you know he does and what's brilliant about it is that he sings in the mother tongue in such a serene way and it's one of those things where anyone can relate to his music as long as you understand the language of course right and he also has a pretty good command of English in some of his songs so both you know at least if you understand English or Shauna um, you can sort of hear what what Oliver Mtukudzi is saying you know and just to give a brief background on Oliver if that's okay um, he, I mean, he recently passed on. May rest in peace. But he definitely revolutionized um, a lot of Zimbabwean music, right? And Zimbabwean culture, to be honest, because his songs really spoke to his songs really spoke to things that do happen in Zimbabwe, right? And they called for action. That was the best part. Again, they did call for action for people to be better. He started pretty young, actually. I think in the seventies. Uh, But but by then his music wasn't actually as popular, you know, Uh, but then I think as he sort of matured as an artist and as a person and then defined his own sound and what he wanted to be about, uh, he kind of became much more relevant, you know, to Zimbabwean culture in the sense that he made himself relevant by... By bringing, by showing how relevant issues are, you know, that affect us on a day to day basis, but we choose to ignore, you know. And that, that made him rise to fame. He had lots of world tours in the, in the States, uh, in London, and many parts of the world because, you know, sometimes you don't even understand. I mean, sometimes people who don't hear Sean won't understand what Oliver's saying, but they can feel it, you know, in his music, in the rhythmic. Uh, sound of his music and that's what gave him that's what gave his songs rather their own genre of tuku music right all of them Tukuzi, so we just call them tuku and whatever he sings is tuku music and it's really characterized by his coarse voice that normally starts a song so most of the times on a tuku song once the guitar settles in and everything's now in equilibrium you will hear that chorus really deep rough voice coming in of his and then you're like, okay, now I'm listening to Oliver Mtukuti here, you know. And um yeah, this song in particular, neria was, I think I can safely say it was his biggest hit, you know, in my humble opinion, makes him makes him one of the greatest of all time.
1: So for um anyone listening out there, the song that Simba is referring to is called neria And you can simply search for it uh, NERIA, and it is by uh, the singer Oliver Mutukudsi, as uh, Simba mentioned, also known as Tuku, T U K U. And uh, this is NERIA for you right now.
5: Marianne, we Marianne, we Gandharia Marianne, we go viral and more room, man. God, you know, I'm a we go singer. Who's our boy, you're Gandharia
1: So these were the three tracks that Simba here today shared with us um, as part of his journey and storytelling about the music of Zimbabwe. We heard tracks by Baba Harare, by DJ Opsa, and of course by Oliver Mutukutsi. And um, thank you so much, Simba, for not just sharing this information Uh, which has actually translated into knowledge, but for also showing your enthusiasm and passion. Clearly, it was reflected. uh, If if only I could show you uh, how wide Simba's smile is or has been throughout this entire conversation, uh, then you would probably, you know, seal the deal. Uh, But uh, by all means, uh, reach out to us if you would like us to tell you in depth and in detail about these tracks. Uh, But until then, thank you so much Simba for coming on the show.
4: Thanks for having me, it was a really good
5: experience.
1: After this break, Zainova uh, was in conversation with Naomi Niukuli from Burundi who lived in a number of refugee camps, five to be exact, in Tanzania before she immigrated and uh, made her way towards settlement in Canada. This is going to be coming up very soon. Individuals who experienced sexual
3: misconduct as a member of the Canadian Armed Forces or as an employee of the Department of National Defence and or staff of the non-public funds Canadian Forces may qualify for financial compensation and participate in a restorative engagement program. Claims for financial compensation and the restorative engagement program must be filed by November 24, 2021. File a claim. Participate in restorative engagement. Be heard. File a claim at CAF DND Sexual Misconduct Class Action.
0: You are listening to Global Frequencies, Diverse problems, diverse voices.
1: So, Zai, you did an interview with Naomi Niu from Burundi, who, uh, as she mentioned, lived in various refugee camps in Tanzania. Um, what was that conversation like?
0: It was tough for me to uh, to keep my tones stable. But this story is very painful story for me, but I have to keep myself not crying. Because when she told me her experience a life in uh, refugee camps, that's very painful. Imagine drinking water or dirty water and seeing people dying because of that and eating expired food, you know. So sometimes uh, when I see uh, refugees or people who have second chance to live their life, I just want to give them a hug. Welcome, brothers and sisters, and enjoy your life this is a very powerful uh, story.
1: I agree. I, I heard this conversation as well. And I really appreciated how Naomi was very, uh, not only was she very open to sharing her story, but throughout, um, at least in the conversation was quite jubilant. So I really sincerely appreciated that about her. So why don't we listen to the story by Naomi Neokuli.
0: Welcome to Global Frequencies. This segment is Immigrant story. I have a guest. Her name is Naomi <laughs> Niyukuli. Is that right?
6: Yes. That's, ah that's right.
0: Naomi, where were you from?
6: I am from Burundi, grew up in a refugee camp in Tanzania.
0: In Tanzania, so you were born in Burundi.
6: Uh, I was, yeah, I was born in Burundi when I was eight years old, when we fled to Tanzania.
0: You know, your English is really good. Where where did you learn English?
6: Oh, <laughs> thank you. I learned English six years ago, when I, I came here in Canada.
0: Ah, okay. So, all family here?
6: Yes, I am with my mother, my father, and my five siblings.
0: Okay, Uh, you're five siblings. Yes. So, uh, let's go to the refugee camp. How was life like in refugee camp?
6: Yeah, in the refugee camp, life was not easy. You know, like, I don't know if it's it's for every refugee in the refugee camps, but where I I lived, I lived in five refugee camps in Tanzania, in the same country. And life was the same. In all those five refugee camps, it was wasn't easy for yeah. the medic to get medicine, mm-hmm. to get educated, or to get food.
0: Yeah,
6: everything was was crazy. It
0: was crazy. Yeah. So you said uh, uh, in five refugee camps. uh uh, why why so many
6: i don't really know because uh, the 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 government of the country decided where to put refugees Mm -hmm. and they moved us like every few years they have to move us to to go to another like to start another life in other places and sometimes they said like this camp had a few people so we are going to move you to go to live with other people so can you can be together that's the only reason i knew <laughs> we, we were moving we moved around
0: mm. so yeah. uh yeah so uh yeah understandable the situation and uh, what what about the the camp itself uh is that uh you know clean uh, they provide water or food uh
6: Yes they were provided but it was very little like very little food like we were given food for one meal mm-hmm. like we if you get food for lunch the the amount of food we got was for one meal and we tried to eat it like little bit so we can eat lunch and supper that's the only meal we got and mm. it was same food monday to sunday to sunday
5: mm.
6: every day every single day was same food and sometimes we ate expired food
0: yeah. Uh, so uh you and uh family sometime experience uh, sick as well, right?
6: Oh my goodness, yes, yes. We got sick from drinking dirt water. Like water was not clean. Uh, uh Because it was from running river.
0: From running river? Yes. It must be dirty and not, not being cooked oh, at yes. all?
6: Yes. When when in the like when in the raining time.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: We go to get water and the color of water imagine it, water has a color.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's the color of the water?
6: Like dirt. Oh. Um. Like sometimes it's red because the the the, the dirt red, sometimes it's kind of ashy. Yeah. That it is depends ve- where the, the rain like oh it depends where the it was where they the heavy rain was from i don't know if that, that that makes sense
0: that's that's uh that's really crazy i heard this story from our colleague as well uh in bhutan uh mm. you know in, in nepal they drink very dirty water from the the river and uh, he lost uh, his grandfather because Uh, Because of that Mm -hmm. water, you know, it's it's, it's very dirty.
6: Yeah. Many people died from drinking dirt water and eating rotten food or like expired food. Yeah. And when they get sick, we can't get medicine. So people end up dying.
0: Uh, And you witnessed that as well, right?
6: Oh, yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, people mm-hmm. died uh, from drinking water and also eating expired uh, food. Yes,
6: yeah.
0: That's uh, that's uh, really. I can imagine that. The images in my head is uh, you know drinking uh, d- d- dirty water uh, mm-hmm. from the river. It's like we. I grew up. I uh, had buffalo. Our buffalo drink dirty <laughs> yeah. water. Uh, imagine that situation, right? And uh, 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 you guys f- drinking the same thing, uh, the water like just like that.
6: Yes, yeah, I would drink the dirty water.
0: Yeah, so, um, so that, that was a very difficult uh, situation. And what about the uh, family cannot grow anything at all uh, in a refugee camp, like uh, simple uh, farming just, just to grow vegetables? Uh,
6: sometimes, yes, sometimes we, we, we were planting some, but sometimes the government was not happy with it. I remember in 2008, those years we suffered with like with not getting vegetables or cut down all vegetables we were planting because the government wanted to stay in refugee camp.
0: Yeah. So how how long you and family uh, lived there in the refugee camps in total, total in in five
6: places? 12 years. 12 my years. my mom my mom and my siblings we lived there for 12 years but my father lived for 18 years because my father fled before we were we fled so he lived six more years in the left camp.
0: okay so yeah. how your father found uh, mother and brothers and you?
6: My father, my father, were left the country in nineteen ninety seven, ninety six, ninety seven. I don't really remember.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: And we left the country in in two thousand and three. We we went and in in a one in a one refugee camp. So my dad was not there. There was a a company which worked for like. Finding families because it was not only our family who got lost with the other, with our family members, there was many many families there like children they don't they can't find their their parents or husband and wife they don't find each other, so they did, there was an a company helping people to find their their relatives mm-hmm. and uh I think yeah. I don't remember
0: the name. Uh, the organization that uh, just yeah. try to find uh, the family and uh, your father provide probably the picture or the information about uh, the family, the names, this is my kids, this is my wife. And then uh, the, yeah. your father uh, is uh, living in, in this uh, refugee camp and brought uh, your, you, your siblings uh, as well to the refugee camp.
6: Yeah, that organization, that organization like helped us to find my father. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. So, uh, and uh, what about electricity? Is there electricity there in the refugee camp?
6: There is no electricity. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, okay. No clean water, food ex- expired, no mm-hmm. electricity. So what? No. Uh, what's the light at night?
6: There's no light at night. If you you set up fire for making food and if it, it goes down, it goes down there's no light. You will try just to work in the dark. At night, you want to use bathroom. You have to wake every member of, of your family. I can
0: describe the situations. it's uh, really, really, really bad. And yeah. and uh, now uh, enough of that uh, bad uh, memories, but we cannot get rid of that that memories because that is part of our oh. lives, right?
4: Yes. But we yeah. can
0: learn oh, from that bad situation and now you are in Newfoundland and Labrador. How long yeah. it took for family to be here? From the first time the process... Until landed here in Newfoundland?
6: It took us about six years. I can say it was long, but there is people like who take more than that. And that they
0: have yeah, to.
6: Because when, like, for people who who still young, who can have babies, when, when you, you have a baby, the, when the process is, is on the way and you have a baby, you have to start in the beginning.
0: Yeah. So your yeah. father have to provide all the information uh, about his his kids and all of things, right? So to complete those, it takes six years uh, to uh, to do that.
6: Yes, yeah, it took a long time, but the chance we got, we didn't get to to fill the form on ourselves. There is some people who work in the when they came to ask us, and they because they know what they want, they okay. know like. He, they they were looking for like specific stories. See like they they are the only people who choose like this one needs a, a very big help and this one according to the story we tell we told them.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and so they
6: were like yeah we can take this farm and we can leave this one we can take we can take this what family. Yeah that's how it was
0: all right Let's um uh- that's that's the, the process uh, uh, coming here. And now uh, you are here in Newfoundland and mm-hmm. Labrador. Do you like it here?
6: Yes, I do like Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh-huh.
0: And, and now you, you're studying, right?
6: Yes, I'm in school.
0: Where, where do you study?
6: Um, I am at Eastern Academy doing the child and the youth care.
0: Okay, so you have a big dream in Newfoundland. What's your big dream?
6: My big dream is to work in Newfoundland and like provide like the support I should've got when I was young, so I can I can help young people
5: mm-hmm.
6: to to experience like to experience what I didn't experience because I am I want I want to work with young people. Yeah, there is young people here who doesn't get love they supposed to get, who doesn't get much care as others. So mm-hmm. I want to care with, like, to care those babies or those children or teenagers mm-hmm. and help them achieve their dreams because everybody has dreams. And, yeah. And everybody can do something, something big. But there's some people who can't because they don't know how, or mm-hmm. they don't have the support. Yeah. They, so I want to, I wanted to, to do whatever I can to make somebody achieve their dream dreams or do something they want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Remind me what my father used to said, uh, someone like us, because we were poor Right, someone mm-hmm. like us or everybody actually, not only only uh, poor people, we all mm-hmm. need dreams. Without dreams, we already did.
6: <laughs> yes.
0: When was the first time you, uh, you and family moved to Newfoundland?
6: We were, we were in 2015, March 27th. That's the first night in, our Newf- in, in Newfoundland.
0: Well, a bit long. So, uh, so you learn English here in Newfoundland? Yes. How was the first time learning English? Oh my
6: goodness. I remember the first day I went in class (laughs) at language school. I couldn't hear what teachers is talking about. I couldn't understand even when they ask my name. I was like, I can't I can't hear that they are asking me my name. (laughs) And I was my sister, I was in the same class with my with my sister and my sister said, Yeah. Mm.
0: Where did you learn English? At the ANC?
6: Yes, at the
5: ANC.
0: Yeah. So the first time learning a language is always, uh, you know, the same thing. Um, many yeah. many English speakers as well. When they when they come to China, as example, they uh, listen to like something like you you don't understand at all so the same thing so the first time it's always difficult but uh, day by day you will learn and you will you will hear a lot of people as well and the first time i came here it's uh i didn't understand people talk very fast as well
6: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
0: so that's that's uh, the thing it's very
6: challenging to learn in, to learn new language
0: mm-hmm. yeah H- have you visited many places in newfoundland
6: Maybe I don't know if it's many. It's many places, but I went to the rooms, I went to.
0: Be- oh, Bell Island. Yeah, I don't uh, go to that island yet, but I will. I will yes. probably this summer. Will be nice.
6: Yeah, I went there. Uh, I I visited many places, but mm-hmm. I forgot the names of the places. I went to Signal Hill.
0: So oh yeah, I- of course, that that <laughs> place. <laughs> this is a wonderful. And uh, you, uh, me, and another newcomers is the future of this uh, this province, and we have to work hard. Uh, for our new province and uh, new country, and uh, do the best mm-hmm. what we can, what we can do. And uh, now, me, the last questions mm-hmm. overall about mm-hmm. Newfoundland. Are you happy?
6: Very happy.
0: Yes, that's what yeah. I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> now, thank you so much for the time, and say hello to your family. Say hello to your brother again.
6: Thank you. I will.
0: Yeah, thank you for uh, for your time today. Have a nice day. Now.
6: You
1: too. Bye-bye for now.
6: Bye.
1: Well, that was episode 14 for you guys. And uh, we will again prepare for episode 15. But until then, Zai, do you have any last words to share?
0: A couple of days ago, we celebrate Eid and Happy Eid for Muslims all over the world.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Eid Mubarak to those who are celebrating. And uh, that's it for this time. If you would like to get in touch with us, um, if you would even like to share your story, then please email us at
0: globalfrequencies@ancnl.ca. at
1: And uh, our episodes can be found on...
0: Spotify, Google Podcast, iTunes, and number of streaming platforms.
1: Sounds perfect. Until next time, bye-bye.
0: Sampai jumpa. Thank you for listening to Global Frequencies, Diverse Province, Diverse Voices. This program is presented by the Association for New Canadians and CHMR 93.5 FM with funding from the Community Radio Fund of Canada. The ANC is a non-profit community-based organization dedicated to the provision of settlement and integration services for immigrants in the province for over 40 years. CHMR-FM is an award-winning community radio station operating out of Memorial University. The station has been broadcasting a range of music, spoken word, and cultural programming since 1987. If you would like to touch base with us, email us at globalfrequencies@ancnl.ca. at ancl.ca.